This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 31st, 2015. Jesus questions, what do you want me to do for you? And so today we uh, conclude our current series uh, in which we have considered some of the many, many questions that Jesus asks to the, uh, those around him he's ministering to. This morning, the Jesus question we're going to consider is this, what do you want me to do for you? So let's open with prayer, please. Almighty God, we thank you so much for today, for bringing us here, for allowing us so freely to worship you and to celebrate and to settle in and listen to your scripture and how to apply that to our lives. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray all this. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen like to tell you a true story. It was about 10 years ago, and Alan and I were at a national pastor's convention in San Diego. Now, we picked the place on purpose. You know, it's a great place to go and be rested up and renewed. It was a great conference, and there was a speaker, uh, Ruth Haley Barton, and she was a spiritual director. There's, that's a designation, people who are trained to help uh, us and uh, many people across the country um, be, learn how to kind of lean in to Jesus and what Jesus can uh, be in our lives and who he can be in our lives. So she actually preached and talked on this very question, Jesus's question, when he asks us, what do you want me to do for you? And so she spoke out into this crowd of pastors, and, you know, as she looked out, I felt like she was staring right at me, like right at me when she said, Carrie, if Jesus said to you right now, what do you want me to do for you, how would you answer? I didn't know the answer. I mean, like, yeah, Jesus, I want you to... uh, help us be better parents, or help me follow you even more. But quite honestly, if I was going to get really, really honest, if Jesus was like right in my face that moment and said, what do you want me to do for you? I'd go, um, 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 I don't know. And that particular day, I realized, because I went outside by the pool, it was a great place, to ponder the question, and I fell asleep. I, I like fell asleep and what I realized was that I was so weary and I call it bone weary you know when you're like kind of like how I feel today so bone weary and I was so weary I didn't even know what to ask for Jesus asks us what do you want me to do for you and so what about you Excuse me. What about you? If Jesus were to ask you that question, what do you want me to do for you? What would your answer be? Once again, your answer will most likely depend on your situation, uh, your circumstance, your particular position at the moment, the, uh, the moment the question was asked. Here this morning, if Jesus were right in front of you, asking you that question right here right now what would your answer be probably a different answer from yesterday maybe a different answer from 
tomorrow, probably different from the person in front of you, from the person behind you, from the person next to you. Well, let's take a look at this. If you're a parent, uh, it's very likely that you've been asked this question yourself, or you, that you have asked this question yourself when your kids were really, 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 really young and not able <laughs> to clearly communicate. I mean, when, when Aaron, Megan, Devin, or Turner, those are our kids who are adults now. Anyway, when they would start fussing, perhaps maybe full-fledged crying, it's like I'd like, okay, what do you want me to do for you? So I'd try to feed them or, uh, you know, bounce them or hug them or change them, you know, all kinds of little tricks and the passy, the blankie, and sometimes to no avail. And they might try to continue to communicate in their own very special way with their tears or their cries, and I would continue to ask, what do you want me to do for you? Mm. And you know, that doesn't necessarily stop just because we get older and better able to communicate. You, we may ask our teenage children that special question, what do you want me to do for you? When we're not quite sure. And, and if you're married, the question might come up from time to time, all, though it may remain an unspoken question, and as you ponder <laughs> what it is that your partner That's wants funny. from you. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> yeah. You know, though, asking these questions is very valuable. Because these question, this question can transform a relationship. <clears throat> because instead of asking, what can you do for me? It becomes, what, what can I do for you? And so it comes from, turn from being served to serving. Yeah. So today's scripture lesson comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 20. And it's a, a part of scripture that is, is really a good one to think about, to read. We encourage you to mark it and read it all through the week. It's when Jesus asks that very question. Here, here we go, Matthew 20, verses 29 through 34. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. So it's kind of an interesting exchange we have here. Several things to focus on. First, it wasn't Jesus who initiated the conversation, was it? No. It was the two blind men who were sitting along the road who heard that Jesus was going by and they shouted out to him to have mercy on them. Now think about it. They were blind. They couldn't see that it was Jesus who was going by. So somehow 
without being able to see, they knew from what was going on around them there was Jesus that was passing by. We're told a large crowd was following him. Perhaps the people in the crowd, with how they were talking and all, maybe that made the blind men aware of who this guy was who was going by them. Perhaps they heard the crowd and, and they asked, what's going on? We don't know, do we? We don't have that question answered, but somehow, some way, they knew that it was Jesus who was going by without even seeing him. And more than that, they must have known who this guy was, <clears throat> what he was capable of doing, what he had done before. They must have heard the stories. They must have somehow caught on to who this Jesus guy was. They, they knew that he was the one from whom they would seek mercy. That he was the one capable of giving them what they asked for. That he, he was the one he was the one who could change their lives. They knew that Jesus was the one who had what they not only wanted, but what they needed. Well, even more than that, they weren't afraid to ask. Not only ask, they shouted in the middle of the crowd that surrounded Jesus, unable to see him, but very aware that he was there, very aware of his presence and his ability to deliver what they needed, they shouted to him, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Wow. So let's take a look at this line. First, they shouted, Lord, and that indicated their submission, their submission to Jesus. You know, God, Father, Jesus, and them. And then they called him Son of David. And that indicates their knowledge of Jesus' lineage. lineage. Boy, that's hard to say this morning, lineage. His family line. Yeah, his family line. I'll say that next service. His importance, his kingship. And then finally, they sought his mercy. Have mercy on us. They humbled themselves before the Lord and sought his mercy. Mercy, that's like tender, loving kindness. Hmm. His compassion, Jesus' compassion toward them, toward their condition. And they would not be denied. The crowd, the crowd that was following Jesus, rebuked them. That, that's, a, that's a churchy Bible word for sharply reprimanding them. They rebuked the two blind men for shouting like they did. The crowd told them to be quiet, to stop shouting, carry it unlike us, we don't use it in our work house. But I think they said, hey, shut up! Bad boy for saying Got that. it in. Because <laughs> I, I think that's what they're probably telling them to do. Shut up. And in response, they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Here's a question for you. Are you willing to shout it out? Are you willing to shout to Jesus, to publicly call him Lord, 
to ask him to have mercy. Not just like, Lord, have mercy, but like put it out there. Lord, have mercy. What would that look like? It might look like that, you know, in your prayer time, Lord, have mercy. You might be in your small group in your prayer time and say, I need mercy, Lord, in the midst of your friends, your accountability, in the midst of people who might be telling you to be quiet, to quit making a spectacle of yourself, to quit being so Jesus crazy. Are you willing to continue to shout his name and seek his mercy? Well, it worked. The two blind men got Jesus' attention. In spite of being rebuked by those around them and being told to be quiet, the two blind men got Jesus' attention. And he stopped and he called them. And he asked them the question that is our focus this morning, what do you want me to do for you? And their answer, well, it's kind of the answer you'd expect from a couple of guys who are blind sitting along the road there. <laughs> Lord, they answered, hello, we want our sight. Thinking about this week, I was thinking, you know, perhaps that would be a very good answer for us to give as well, wouldn't it? Lord, I, 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 give me sight. Because I'm kind of blind at times too, Lord. <laughs> In fact, more often than I like to admit, I've been, I continue to be blind. Blind to the pain and sorrow that's around me. Blind to the evil and injustice in the world. Blind to the poverty that it's so easy for me to overlook. Uh, blind to the cries of the homeless and hungry. Blind to the least and last and the lost. Blind to the desperate, the downtrodden, and the despised. Blind to all the things that I'd rather not see. That I'd rather pretend are not there. That I'd rather ignore than, than come face to face with and maybe even have to deal with. <laughs> even those things in our own families, in our own workplaces, in our own neighborhoods. Kind of reminds you of that song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. I want to see you. I want to see you. And in seeing you, Lord, help me to see what you see. There's a challenge for us. As blind as we are at times, do we really want to see? Let's say that again. Do we really want to see? Do we really want to see those things? And if we do see them, would we continue to passively ignore or hide our eyes and continue to be blind or take some action. If we ask Jesus to give us sight to cure our blindness, and he did, here's what would happen. We would begin to see things with the eyes of Jesus, not our own eyes. And that would lead us to make some changes. To not be in our own fleshness, 
but to see things with Jesus's eyes. What would the world look like if we saw that the world and people around us with the eyes of Jesus? Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for, because Jesus just might deliver. <laughs> Take a look at the end of this scripture that we're looking at today. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Read the rest with me. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. And so they asked, and Jesus delivered had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately they received their sight. And then we read the last three words, three important, three absolutely crucial words. The last three words, say them with me. And, and followed, followed him. him. And followed him. I guess when earlier they called him Lord, they really meant it. Lord is the one we put number one, the one we submit to, the one we bow down to. Lord is the one that we follow. And so they called him, and he answered, and they followed. This isn't the only time that Jesus asked this question in the Bible. There's uh, another place found in the book of, can you do the next slide? Mark. <laughs> it's in Mark, yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's in the book of Mark, where we have James and John, they were the sons of Zebedee. I like that, sons of Zebedee. Sons of thunder. <laughs> sons of thunder. And they told Jesus what they wanted Jesus to do for them. Little bold, don't you think? Little bold. But Jesus went along with them, like they said, I'll get into that. Jesus said, well, what do you want me to do for you? And that same question that the blind men had on the road, the response that the Zebedee brothers gave to Jesus was, hey, we want to sit with you in your glory. In other words, Jesus, when you get to heaven, one of us wants to be on your right, right? One of us wants to be on your left. <laughs> I am directionally They're on both challenged. sides of them anyway. They're on both sides. <laughs> but what that means, it's the places of honor beside Jesus. So there's Jesus and his boys, the places of power. Well, Jesus wondered if they would be willing to pay the price that Jesus would pay, his very life on the cross, and actually told them that, in fact, they would because we know that the disciples were martyred eventually. He also told them, Jesus told them that he wasn't the one to grant that position, to grant those seats. So when the other disciples heard the sons of Zebedee say what they wanted, where they wanted to be, yeah, they got a little bit upset because it was maybe like, well, who do you think you are? to sit beside Jesus like that. You know, maybe I want to do that. And so Jesus called his boys together and reminded them that the kingdom business was way different than earthly business. 
in the kingdom, those who would be great must be a servant. Those who want to be first must be a slave to all. And he told them that even he, Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, came to serve and not be served and to give his life for others. So let's ask again, how would you respond if Jesus said to you, what do you want me to do for you? Do you want to be given sight? Do you want to sit on the right or left hand in heaven? <laughs> do you want to be made well? Do you want to realize God's saving grace? Do you want earthly and heavenly riches or heavenly riches? There's a lot of different things we can ask for, aren't there? A lot of different things. What I'd like to do is just take, stop right now for a couple minutes and give it some thought. If Jesus were here right now, I ask you that question right in your face, what would your answer be, or would you even have an answer? Do you know, even know what you need? Or is it like Carrie when she was in San Diego? It's like, whoa, I'm not even sure. I'm so tired and been running so hard, I don't even know what to ask for. Exhausted. Let's, let's take a minute. Focus on that question. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Keep it in mind. <laughs> if you ask it, Jesus just might deliver. <laughs> he just might deliver. And oftentimes when Jesus delivers, he brings a life change. He brings transformation, doesn't he? Are you ready for a little transformation in your life? We're going to be quiet for a minute or two here and just give some thought to that question. What do you want Jesus to do for you? that was only one minute felt pretty long that silence itself can be deafening we don't have much silence today do we it's filled up with a lot of noise it's really important to get in the silence so that we can hear so that we can ask so that we can communicate with our Lord and Savior Silence for me is uncomfortable sometimes. But the longer I'm in it, 
the more I embrace it. So we challenge you to spend some time this week in silence. Set a little alarm on your watch, on your phone, maybe two minutes to start. And consider this question. If Jesus were right with you, he'd say, what do you want me to do for you? Here's the good news. Jesus has given his very life for us. And so it's already been done. What we ask, Jesus, uh, well, Jesus knows the answer, and sometimes things that we ask may, aren't necessarily in our best interest. So the answer is yes, no, or not yet. That's the truth. But Jesus has already given his very life, his all in all. He went to the cross to be crucified, paid the price for every single one of us here today for our sinfulness, traded his life for ours so that we might have peace and mercy and compassion and fully embrace all that Jesus has in store for us. And he did that willingly, willingly. Like he gave up his life for us. He wasn't forced to do it. They didn't nail him against his will. He willingly gave his life up for us. So the question remains. Really, we really want you to lean into this question. If Jesus were to say, what can I do for you? And your response today might be different than next week because our circumstances are, um, you know, they change. But the thing to remember that Jesus is the one, the one, the only one who can restore us, replenish us, fill us, guide us, transform us, help us in times of need, in times of deep hurt, in times of grief, in times of confusion, Jesus is the only one. Do you know him? Do you know him? If you want to get to know Jesus a little bit more and say, okay, I want to know you. I want you to come into my life. We would pray. We would ask you to go back in the prayer corner and Pastor Lori is ready to pray with you about that. I am so excited for us as Connection Church to lean into this Jesus question this week because we will be transformed by his love. That's the good news. Let's live it, let's believe it, and let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for your son, Jesus, who willingly went to the cross on our behalf so that we might have life and have it to the fullest so that we are never alone so that there's nothing that we do that could separate us from your son Jesus help us lean into that question if Jesus were to say right to us and he does what can I do for you that we would be able to respond and experience new life we thank you and praise you this day and all days. And all of Connection Church said, Amen.
Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people.